Right, we're going to have um, the verse first from the two lovely readers. So, do you want to come and read? We're, we're reading from Daniel 4, verses 1 to 12. King Nebuchadnezzar, to everyone everywhere, every race, colour and creed, peace and prosperity to all. It is my privilege to report to you the gracious miracles that the high God has done for me. His miracles are staggering. His wonder isn't surprising. His kingdom lasts and lasts. His suffrage and rule goes on forever. I, King Nebuchadnezzar, was at home taking it easy in my palace without a care in the world. But as I stretched out my, on my bed, I had a dream that scared me, a nightmare that shook me. I sent for this all the wise men of Babylon so, I could, so that they could interpret the dream for me. When they assembled magicians, enchanters, fortune tellers, witches, I told them, the dream, no one knew what it meant. And Daniel came in. His Babylonian name is Belshazzar, Ooh. named after my God, a man full of divine Holy Spirit. I told him my dream. Belshazzar, I said, chief of magicians, I know that you are a man full of divine Holy Spirit and that sends there is no mystery that you can solve. Listen to this dream that I had and interpret for me. This is what I saw as I was stretched out on my bed. I saw a big towering tree at the centre of the world. As I watched, the tree grew huge and strong. Its top reached the sky and it could be seen from four corners of the earth. Its leaves were beautiful, its fruit abundant, enough food for everyone. Wild animals found shelter under it, birds nested in its branches, Everything living was fed and sheltered by it. Well done. Brilliant, thank you. So we're going to be looking at the tree. Anybody notice the tree at the end? The big, tall tree that fed everybody and its leaves were abundant, its fruit was abundant. Yeah, it's not quite a big, tall tree. It's a little short one. Um, but so the, the tree stands for a kingdom in this passage it stands for Babylonian but it also stands for the kingdom of God and we are part of that kingdom now I'm doing slightly a little bit differently today so I'm splitting my talk up into four parts and each part represents um, one part so it's going to be what's God like what we like what is um, the tree like and what is the kingdom like and for each section I'm going to use our hands as like branches like we are trees I'm a tree so for those of you of thespians you can be as a and we're going to do a prayer after it. So whether you want to act it out with me or whether you want to sit there and just think it in your head, um, I find acting things out really helps because it helps me connect my... Sometimes I don't feel it, but actually when I start acting it, so like on worship Sunday mornings, I might not feel like dancing. But when I start dancing, something catches up. Yeah. Um, so sometimes doing things with your hands helps. Right, so as you might see, I have got all this fruit... And all this. Anybody know what the theme is? Trees and sweets. Yeah, trees and sweets. Good things, because God is good. So, I would like you to tell me what comes off a tree that is yellow. 
bananas. What comes of a tree that's orange? An oranges. What comes of a tree that is purple? Aubergines. Do aubergines, aubergines grow on plants? A plum. What comes off a tree that is brown? Oh, I've told this isn't a tree. What comes off a tree that's brown? A coconut. I was thinking coconut, but apparently that's not a tree. Somebody told me you're. Somebody told me it wasn't a tree this morning. Oh no, it's bananas. Coconut tree. It's bananas that aren't. Bananas apparently not. Herbs. Yeah, they're herbs. <laughs> no, they're not. So all this abundance, and I love autumn because when you go into the woods, I've done it ever since I was a child, when you're age, I'd always come out with my arms full of abundance. Yeah, you come out with acorns and pine cones and berries that you're not allowed to eat and all sorts of things. Um, and I'd like to tell you a story about something. When I was collecting tree stuff from under a tree, on my way to school, when I was about 10, there was a big tree on the way to school. We just went down the main road, down a snicket, and this big tree. It was planted in somebody's garden. It wasn't my tree, but it was a sweet chestnut tree. And I would go and collect sweet chestnuts every, like in the way to school and on the way back from school. They're like really prickly shells, a bit like, oh, I can't see it now, really prickly. You'd have to get the spikes off, get the tubes, get the sweet chestnut out and eat it. A little bit like conkers, but edible, yeah. Um, and then I was at school, and there was a knock on the door. And somebody came in and said, um, can Alison go to the headmaster's office, please? <laughs> oh, my goodness, I'd never been invited to the headmaster's office. So I was a little bit scared. Went to the headmaster. There was five other, there's five of us all together in a line before the headmaster. And he said, I hear you've been eating horse chestnuts. Uh, sweet chestnuts, don't eat horse chestnuts. Sweet chestnuts, I said, yeah, I've been eating sweet chestnuts. And the tree doesn't belong to you, it's in somebody's garden. I said, yeah, it doesn't belong to me, it's in somebody's garden. And he said, and I've heard you've been swinging the gate and going in the garden. I said, I haven't been doing that, no, I haven't been doing that. And it wasn't me, I didn't get into trouble. Um, somebody else got into trouble, it wasn't me. But it was scary, and it made me think that, although I never planted that tree, I didn't water the tree, I didn't feed the tree, the abundance of the tree was still free for me to gather, still free for me to eat. So all these things, I didn't plant this acorn tree or the cone tree or any of those trees, but all these things are free for me, and it expresses God's heart. So whether we don't deserve it, whether we're not good enough, anybody really good all the time? Anybody never done anything wrong? <laughs> I'll ask your mum later. Um, he, <laughs> it's all in his head. God still blesses us abundantly through all these things, whether we deserve them or not. And it's an example of the tree being full of fruit, full of goodness. And then we heard the Garden of Eden. Yeah? God planted loads of trees for just two people. There are banana trees and orange trees and fig trees and bazooka trees and mapo. But yeah, they're red and purple. And, bazoo and mahula trees, they're pink, yellow with spots on. We don't know what he planted, do we? All these trees and the, the branches were so heavy with fruit. And God said, you can go and eat whatever you like off these trees. But you know what happens is, he says, don't eat these off these trees. These two aren't good for you. But I'm wondering, we focus for the things that we want that aren't good for us sometimes. 
the tree of God, good and evil, the tree of life. It's like, yeah, oh, that we want to eat off those ones. But he had a whole garden, and we start moaning and saying, well, I'd like, the, I'd like these ones here. And actually, we are to be grateful for all of God's abundance. How can we be grateful for all God's abundance? By being grateful. Looking for the things that God has done for us. So like your shoes on your feet, that's God's blessing. The trousers and the clothes you're wearing, that's God's blessing. The fact that you had a bed to sleep in this tonight, last night, that's God's blessing. The roof over your head, that's God's blessing. The water out of your tap, it's God's blessing. Not everybody has water coming out their tap. Huh? The water is from the sea. It is originally, yeah. But it does come out your tap as well. So once we find out things that we have got, we can then say thank you. We can say thank you for our lunch today. We can sit down and say thank you, God. We can say thank you for our friends, our family. We can say thank you for love that's poured upon us. We can also recognise that all good things come from God and ask him for some stuff. There's no harm in asking God. He's a good God. You could ask him, yeah? See what happens. Um, and you have to realise that all fullness is heaven isn't always about things. Sometimes it's about love and kindness and peace and joy. All the things that we can't buy, all that goodness comes from him. And if you could see heaven right now, it's laden, it's dripping. It's like, oh, it's so full, it's not empty. It's like the Garden of Eden. So, what we're going to do is have hands full of abundance. Everybody want to hold their hands like the full of abundance? You might want to do it like this. We're just going to pray. Jesus, I ask you to increase my expectation for your abundance. Impossible generosity. I pray that I would look less at the frailty of my own faith and the challenge of my circumstance and focus more on your miraculous, multiplying presence. Amen. So who God is, he's a God of abundance. What are we like? We're a people without lack. Now the word generosity comes from word nobility, to be noble. And originally it came because um, people were noble, had a character of nobility in 17th century. It comes from not the act of giving, but the attitude and the heart and the place of giving. It's a quality. And it only developed in the 18th century into this thing of being generous and giving, but actually it comes from a quality. And if we know that God has open hands and an open heart, and that's his quality, and we know who we are and our identity, we then know that we don't have to be a people with lack. We don't have to talk about all the things we haven't got. We can talk about all the things we have got. So I found myself, especially after COVID, being a little bit like, oh, it's been difficult still. And it is, it's true. But rather than talking about how things are difficult all the time, how about talk about all the things God has given us and has blessed us with? It's about belonging to nobility, knowing that we are noble, that we are kings and queens of the Lord, that we are king, the king who owns this kingdom. We are his children. In the Psalm 23, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I don't need to lack anything. Who's the shepherd? It's our father. He knows how to give us good gifts. He's not going to hold back. 
It's funny how the prodigal son, when he found lack, was when he left his father and lost his identity. So the prodigal son was a, was a guy who had everything in his home, but he decided he'd rather do his own thing his own way and went off and forgot all about his family and his household and um, ended up having no food, no shelter, no home. And it was only when he said, I need to go back to my father and found his identity again, he found the fullness. So we are not a people with lack. We are people with abundance. We have access to the storehouses of heaven. And sometimes in James it says, we don't have because we don't ask. If it's there and you're in lack and your heart's in lack and you're empty, ask God. He'll give it to you. Just bob them back on there, thank you. I'll eat them later. So open hands and open hands, it's a characteristic of God, but it's also a characteristic of us once we realise we're not living in lack. I have found generosity is not something that comes naturally to me because I've, I, as a child, I always felt I was lack. I was a middle child. I, always felt, I don't know, there's something in me that felt lack. And it was only when I went into God's presence and I realised I'm not in lack that made me overflow. If you're in lack, you hold on. You hold back. If you know you've got a source coming, you overflow. Because oh, I've got plenty of that. You can have, oh, I've got plenty. It never ends. So rest in his generosity. We're part of the kingdom tree. We're rooted in his generosity. The source is never ending. Generosity might be time. Sometimes we feel we lack time. But God somehow expands time. And we can be clever with time and very... We can be generous but also wise with our boundaries. Um, Same with money, possessions, a listening ear, attention, a smile, encouragement, not discriminating. This tree, it says very clearly, um, I've lost my notes down here. It says to everybody, anybody what, 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 um, oh, I've lost it now. Wise men assembled, um, it was to do, to do with all nations, all creeds, wherever anyone was come, this generosity. This tree doesn't have any distinction between who needs shelter, who needs fruit. Anyone who comes to the tree, it is generous. It doesn't discriminate. The same with us. We must be careful we don't discriminate, that we are trees to everybody. Anyone who needs help, anyone who needs shelter, anyone who needs a smile, we love them. Um, and also generous with the good news, that we don't hold back. The source is where it's at, not us. We need to tell them where the source is, the good news. So if you if you're with, want to, if you put your hand on your heart, open heart, open hands. God, we pray for people facing serious financial need and we pray for miraculous provision. Yes. Tangible generosity and the places of poverty in my own local community and in my own life. Show me how to live generously and sacrificially. What's the tree like? I love this one. It says, I saw a big towering tree at the centre of the world. As I watched the tree grew huge and strong, its top reached to the sky, and it could be seen from the four corners of the earth. The whole thing of exile, roots on the ground, hands into heaven. 
Now, we're people of the Spirit. We've already sang about the Spirit blowing. It says, the wind blows wherever it pleases, so it's everyone born of the Spirit. You've heard recently the wind blowing through the trees. It's for freedom that Christ set us free. You'll go out in joy and be led forth in peace. This one's for Hannah. And the mountains and the hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. She came out of the well singing that and clapping her hands all the way through. That's why it's for her. There's a freedom and a release in the trees. They blow, they sway, they lift their arms, they praise. There's a release there. But something happens to us in the fact that God releases and gives us freedom and we bind ourselves up and weigh ourselves down. So I found this verse in Isaiah a number of months ago and I really want to share it with you because it, it, it shows this. It's from Isaiah 46. Bell bows down. Nebo stoops low. Their idols are borne by beasts of burden. The images that are carried about are burdensome, a burden for the weary. They stoop and bow down together. Unable to rescue the burden, they themselves go off to captivity. But God says, even to your old age and grey hairs, I am he who will sustain you. I will carry you. I will rescue you. I will lift you up. Some pour gold from their bags and weigh out silver on the scales They hire a goldsmith to make it into a god and they bow down and worship it. They lift it to their shoulders and they carry it. You see the difference between the gods of the world and our God? They want to weigh us down, bring us low, cause us to stoop, make things heavy in life. Our God wants us to be free, lift us up, lift our hands, lift our hearts up to heaven. And it says in the passage, Bel. Bel bows down. Bel is a Babylonian god, meaning lord or master. It's making anything in this world, a lord or master, more important than our God. Something that you might wake up every morning thinking about. Something that consumes your mind. That becomes your lord and master. That worry becomes your God. It might be about materialism. The more materialistic things we get, the more burden we have, the more we have to clean, the more we have to tidy, the more we have to fix. Materialism becomes a burden. It's not our life. We're to be free. And Abu is a patron god of scribes and wisdom. Sometimes we ourselves in our own head can bow ourselves down. Our own wisdom and understanding, we want to understand, we want to get everything right, we want to be in control. It bows us down. It's burdens we're putting on ourselves. God's asking us to be free. And we tie ourselves down. Don't say yes to everything. Don't try and control what you can't control. Don't do what God hasn't asked of you because it looks better, it looks bigger, it looks greater. Don't be in comparison and competition because that ties us down. Don't care what people think. Don't care what people think of you. Do what God asks of you and be free. Hands free and lifted up. When our hands are empty, we can lift others up. We've got space on our palms to take people and lift them up. When our hands are clenching and we are stooping low, holding on to our idols and burdens, We've no space to lift others up who are struggling. 
We've got no space left, no energy left. We're tired. So hands lifted up. Right, we're going to pray. Hands lifting up. Jesus, help me to let go of things, titles, and relationships that mean more to me than you do. Help me let go of things that clutter my life with my need for more, bigger, and better. Show me how to let go and live in your freedom with empty hands lifting high in worship. Help me to have hands that lift others up. Amen. Right, lastly. So we've done what is God like? He's generous. What are we like? We've got no lack. What's the tree like? It's high and lifted up on freedom. What's the kingdom like? So verse 3 of this passage says, His miracles are staggering. His wonders are surprising. His kingdom lasts and lasts and his sovereign rule goes on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. I don't know if it was a child, you tried to lie in bed and tried to think how long uh, eternity was. Have you ever done it? Oh my goodness, it's incredible. It blows you like, I can't think. I can only get, I can't even get to a million years before my head starts. I, I don't understand what a million looks like. I was thinking about a tree. I can do 100 or 500. A tree that's in a field that's been there 100 or 500 years. It's standing, it's rooted, it's peaceful, it's watching life go by. Lovers might have carved a little heart on it. Little kids might have made a little swing in it. There might be a boy who's climbed this branch to get an apple. There might be horses and carts that have ride past, and then a car, hundreds of years later, driven past this way. Kingdoms and governments have come and fallen. Squabbles have happened. Happen. Lovers have kissed under the branches. The tree is standing. The tree knows what it's about, and the tree is rooted. Sometimes we rush around fear of missing out, fear of what we haven't got. Actually, God's asking us to be standing in peace and rooted, set on his vision that we know deep in our hearts, not changing our vision or switching from left to right, but growing gradually and slowly in his purpose and in his understanding. Letting things go so the tree doesn't rush in when there's a squabble. The tree doesn't rush in when it sees environmental pollution and the cars go past. The tree just stands. It knows its purpose. It knows why it's there. Sometimes when we let things go, we, our anxiety lessens, our worry lessens. These hands and branches are strong and secure. They're faithful, a faithful presence that doesn't switch and change, that doesn't change its mind or go along with the fad of the time. It just grows and matures. Now, I was thinking about, um, I found that we found something in the house that was actually a measuring stick for how many miles, and we thought it was a barometer, and it made me think of the weighing scales that we've got. We bring them out for every kid's session when we've got babies, and it weighs. We like to measure how big the kids get in, how tall they are, when they're speaking, when they crawl. Everything's measured, isn't it? We even have little books, oh, with dates and measurements. We've actually sent them the scales away to be recalibrated because they were wrong. 
And God said to me, I've kind of sometimes even said, I know I've not got to measure myself to earth things, how much money I've got, how many likes I've got, how many people, how popular I am. But sometimes I still measure myself according to kingdom plumb line. And I thought that was okay. Measuring myself as to how patient I'm getting, how good I'm, how kind I'm getting. God's actually telling me recently, counting at all isn't okay. Stop measuring. It doesn't matter how much. When times we grow, how do you measure love? How do you measure how much you love somebody or how kind you are? You can't. The things that are most important, you can't measure. So it doesn't matter how many likes, how many people. It's all about character and faithfulness and being present. How do you measure that? Let's throw out every scale. Let's throw out everything. Just walk with God. Keep rooted in him. Keep growing in him. Let him worry about how much. Just keep concentrated on him. The other thing about being a secure and safe tree is that trees had been a faithful presence for Jesus throughout his life. So when he was in the Garden of Eden, he used to walk with Adam. They were a faithful presence. When he was born on the earth, he was put into a manger, a wooden manger. The crib held him tight, caused him to be safe. When he was a young boy, he was a carpenter with wood. And as he honed the wood and transformed the wood, so God honed and transformed his heart and they worked together. When he walked into Jerusalem, the palm leaves were laid all over the floor and it looked like a forest. And then when he died, he died on a tree. Because God knew that was a secure and safe place for him to be sacrificing his life. When God asks you to sacrifice and pull your life out for others, he doesn't leave you exposed. He doesn't leave you empty. The tree, the kingdom tree, is still there for you. It won't ever give you more than you can give. And he will keep us secure and safe when he asks to pour our lives out. He asks us to sacrifice, but he doesn't, when we feel raw and authentic, he doesn't leave us exposed. He gives a place of security and safety. So it means that we can give out love to, to our neighbours. It means we can give out love to those that are nearby. Although it feels raw and difficult, he's holding us fast. He's not going to let you give more than you... you he's not going to let you break because if you lean on the kingdom tree, the safety and security is there. And we can be that hand, that arm of security and safety for others when they're anxious, when they're in trouble, we can say, I'm here for you. I've got you. I've got this. So, hands of safety and security. Father God, your kingdom lasts from eternity to eternity. Please help me put my lifespan in perspective of eternity. May I live as one living safe and secure, rooted in your presence. In turn, let me be a faithful present to others. May my hands be safe and secure. May they be hands to those around me who are anxious and concerned. Amen. So we've done four things. What is God like? He's generous. Hands full of abundance. We're a people without lack. Open hands and open hearts. What is a tree like? It's free with hands lifted up, living in heavenly spaces. What's the kingdom like? It lasts and lasts. It's safe and secure. 
So I'm going to ask Marcus to come up, and we're going to respond. There will be something in here for each one of you, and as we respond, you might just want to stand. If you feel like you would like God to be more secure for you, just stand and worship like this. Or you feel you want more freedom in your worship. Or you feel you'd like to be more generous and learn a life of giving. Just respond however, but use your hands to express what's going in your heart.